0: The fault is never in the user. If there's a bad user experience, the problem is within the funnel, within the product, within the designer sometimes even, but it's never in the user. If you are always mixing this up, this means that this is bad user experience. This
1: is the Customer Acquisition Show. The podcast that helps you turn complete strangers into repeat customers and grow your business this next episode of Tier 11 channel where we interview different people within the customer acquisition space and customer retention space and find out how they do what they do and how they think about the different things within their area of expertise. Today we have our very own Maria Dubreva, who is our conversion architecture lead. Welcome Maria.
0: Thank you for having me Tom.
1: Yeah, I'm very excited to have you here. We had a lot. We've always had a lot of good internal conversations about your area of expertise. And at one point, I think I was leading your team, and it was a lot of fun to like really dive into what you do, which is outside of my area of expertise. So, tell me a little bit more about yourself and how you came to be at Tier 11.
0: Yes, definitely. So, as you said, my name is Maria. And I am a funnel specialist, and at the moment I'm also overseeing the conversion architecture department at Tier 11. I have about five or six years of experience in the funnel space already, which happened very spontaneously with a friend adding me to the ClickFunnels Facebook group without me ever knowing what a funnel is, what ClickFunnels is. I have a very small knowledge about digital marketing but nothing related to funnels and then I was just hooked. So I have a marketing degree, a bachelor's degree and I'm currently undergoing a master's in user experience and user interface design which is helping me a lot into bringing user experience and marketing together. About year 11 I have joined a team as a funnel specialist about a year and a half ago, and now I'm overseeing the department, which is great. And I love my team. Tom is one of the people that I value so much in the Interior 11, and he's helped me tremendously. So yeah, that's pretty much it.
1: So you said you got into funnels accidentally when somebody when your friends added you to the ClickFunnels group. Tell me a little bit more about like your experience like learning what a funnel was and how you've turned that into a
0: career i've always felt entrepreneurial and always had this entrepreneurial mindset so initially when i joined a group by accident this friend added me because i was interested in creating a surface based business of my own and he told me okay i'm gonna add you to this group take a look it's really cool it's funnels and i'm like what is funnel?" and from there i started reading discussions in the group chat i made myself a free trial for clickfunnels if we have to be honest i maybe had about three before i signed up <laughs> permanently sorry russell but yeah from the moment i logged into ClickFunnels and just started playing with it playing with the drag and drop tools and just doing some stuff i had zero design experience at that point And in a couple of hours, I was able to make something pretty decent.
1: So going back to the basics, what is a funnel?
0: Oh, that's a very good question. So I usually like to play with my hands when I'm explaining to someone what is a funnel, because it actually takes the shape of a funnel. A funnel is a sales process or a sales tool or a lead generation tool that helps you acquire customers or generate leads for your business. Starting at the top of the funnel, you have the, big, you have the big broad spectrum of people and then taking them step-by-step step through the funnel, you are filtering them and leading them towards your final goal, which would be as many conversions as possible or as many leads as possible or as many of the action that you want them to take.
1: So you're talking about this whole sales funnel, like where does the beginning of the funnel happen and where does the end of the funnel happen?
0: So funnels can take different shapes and format. Usually the beginning of the process is starting with the ads. So even before anybody lands on your landing page, the way you pre-frame people, the way you set up your account, the way you set up your creatives and everything is helping you towards your end goal. So from there, a funnel could be in the form of a set of landing pages that take you from step by step. You could also have email funnels that are like follow-up funnels And pretty much these days, everything can take the shape of a funnel. You can even have advertising funnels.
1: So basically, to simplify the idea of a funnel, would you say that at the top, you're just searching for anybody out there, like the whole world is your audience. And as you go through the funnel, you're finding your actual customer? No?
0: Mm, I wouldn't say it exactly like that because this would be an effective funnel if we do it like that because I mean, a lot of businesses like to say that everyone could be their customer or everyone could be their audience, but this is very rarely the case unless you're selling like socks or something like that. Um, not everyone is part of your audience. So you need to be careful even before you start sending traffic to your funnel, who you are looking for. You need to be writing for this person. You need to be creating graphics and everything specifically for that person so it's not a process of searching who your perfect avatar is but it's creating a process to acquiring that perfect avatar
1: funnels are really about customers then right where it's like how do you engage with customers at each of these different steps so i know you're you've been very passionate about a very customer focused or user focused um way of doing things Talk a little bit about that and how you've what you've learned along the way.
0: Yes, definitely. So um, I'd like to start this by saying that a funnel, like launching a funnel, launching your ads towards a funnel, is just the first step of the process. And it's very rarely that even us as funnel specialists, we make it perfect from the first try. So that's very rarely the case. You always need to um, optimize, you always need to make changes. And uh, as someone very smart who used to work at Tier 11, set with different eyes when you launch a funnel. So you see completely differently the thing that you created when you launch it. So then you need to start optimizing it. And this is a pretty standard process for the majority of Advertisers, agencies, funnel specialists, and everyone who has anything to do with funnel are familiar with conversion rate optimization. This is the process that comes after launching a funnel, and this is like the ongoing process of improving your funnel or website to in order to increase conversions. However, something that we like to do in conversion architecture is trying to mix conversion rate optimization with user experience optimization. And I wanna state some of the differences between what CRO is and what UXO is.
1: The traditional term within the funnel industry is CRO or conversion rate optimization. And UXO is a lot more user focused and like how do you optimize the user experience? Is that still leading towards conversion rate optimization?
0: Yes, let's start with the two definitions of what CRO is and what UXO is. So, as I said, conversion rate optimization is the ongoing process of improving your funnel or website in order to increase leads or increase sales generated from your funnel or website. Whereas, the user experience optimization is the process of improving your funnel or website for accessibility, usability, and efficiency of the user interactions on the site. So you see, you can even from the definitions, you can sense some of the differences. One is focused on leads and sales. The other one is focused on satisfaction and accessibility and usability. So two completely different things, but both of these things inevitably lead to the same objective, which is increasing conversion rates and increasing revenue for the business.
1: Yeah. So having these, I guess something we've always dealt with as a performance marketing agency and as a creative person myself of like, how do you balance like design and creative with our actual goal of driving performance? How does that mesh inside of how you deal with the work that you do? So it sounds like UXO and CRO do different things and have different goals. As a performance marketing agency, how does UXO fit within that?
0: Yes, so the final objective of both of these things, of CRO and UXO, is to increase conversions and to increase leads, but the way and the path that they use to get to their objective are completely different. So one of the main, one of the main differences that we can identify between CRO and UXO is that CRO focuses on achieving the objectives of the business. This would be increasing revenue, increasing leads, increasing sales, reducing advertising costs, et cetera. Whereas for user experience optimization, it's focused more on the user at the center point, their needs, their wants, if they're met, if they're having pleasurable experience on your funnel, on your website. So by doing these things, both of them would inevitably lead to increasing your conversions. And another very big difference between zero and UXO is I would say that conversion rate optimization is more of a quantitative tool. So we're always focused on the number side. How much traffic do we get? How much conversion rate do we get? What is the cost per conversion? What is the cost per this? How can we reduce this and how can we reduce that? Whereas UXO is focused more on the qualitative experience. To highlight both of these differences, I can share with you some questions that you can, as an advertiser or as an agency, or even as a business owner, you can ask yourself in order to ensure that your funnel or website are optimized for conversion rates and for user experience. So some examples of questions for optimizing for conversions would be, does this improve conversions? Do I trust this business? What would be the percentage increase by doing this specific activity? So as you can see, all of the questions are centered around numbers and data that you can provide. Whereas with UXO, the type of questions that you're going to ask yourself are, does this website give me value? Am I having a pleasant experience here? Does this funnel lead me to navigate me to the right path? Am I engaged? So it's more about the way they think and the way they engage with you and your business rather than how much or why and how long can you keep them on the funnel or the website.
1: Got it. If I were to like simplify these and I'm sure you'll challenge me if you disagree. O is all about extracting value and UXO is all about giving value.
0: I would say, yeah, this is a very interesting approach to take it. Yes, we can say that this is a good way of formatting this. Yeah, okay. I like that. And another way that we can divide these two approaches is that conversion rate optimization is focused on generating new customers, whereas user experience optimization is focused on improving customer retention or keeping your current customers active and engaged with your business. You would say that both of these things are important, right?
1: How would you say that UXO supports
0: customer retention? So by providing a great user experience, by feeling that you are taken care of, by feeling that your needs are met, by feeling that your wants are met, wouldn't you wanna keep doing business with that same company instead of searching for a competitor to to replace them with? By having a personalized experience for yourself, or by having a pleasurable experience, this is these are all things that are helping you to keep doing business with the same company instead of going someplace else.
1: So in that sense is UXO like brand building?
0: It's a lot more than brand building, but yes, brand building is probably one portion of it. So it could be a lot of things and there's if you imagine them as two circles, there are some things that match with conversion rate optimization So, There are not only differences, there are a lot of similarities too. So some things like, is this business trustworthy? This is both important for CRO and for UXO. So it's not only about brand building, but your brand and the way you present yourself, if that matches with what your customer wants and needs and wants to see and likes to see, this is also very good user experience.
1: So you talked about, was it accessibility, efficiency, Was the other one effectiveness?
0: Accessibility, usability, and efficiency.
1: So talk about each of those and what those mean within a user experience.
0: Definitely. So let's start with accessibility. This is like the very basic thing that must be common sense, but it's not common sense. And many of the, not only web designers, funnel specialists, agencies, or anyone who has anything to do with funnels or websites takes into consideration so in order for a funnel or a website to be accessible you need to have clear navigation you need to have good contrast between elements between different elements like text background graphics and everything like that if you know who your avatar is if you are aware of how they look what they want what they feel you would be able to make your funnel accessible pretty easily but The problem with accessibility comes when you don't know all of these things and you want to cater to everyone. This is probably not a good approach, and it doesn't allow you to do so much with the user experience optimization or your user experience process in general. About usability, these are things like, is everything functioning properly? This is, again, should be common sense, but it isn't. Mobile experience is one of the big things for usability, whereas where. Still, in 2022, a big portion of the businesses are now taking into consideration the fact that you need to have a different experience for your mobile version compared to your desktop version. You cannot just swap it on top and just say that this would be the mobile version. Just have what you have on the desktop and just swap it there. So usability would be things like having optimized forms, having everything working properly, having no error messages, having communication if something is happening. So, for example, if you are feeling form incorrectly, you need to be told that this is part of your user experience and this is also part of the usability portion of the user experience. So there is a ton of minor things, a ton of small things that you can do in order to improve it. But I would say the big things, the the very big thing would be making sure that everything is functioning properly and as it should.
1: Yeah, so it's just all about reducing the friction of using something. Like you don't want people to be surprised or something not to work as they expect with the usability section. Okay.
0: Exactly. To add uh, one more thing to that, simplicity is also a very important step in usability. Having a simple process is much better for the user compared to having a complicated one.
1: And efficiency?
0: Efficiency speaks to questions like, is this navigating me to where I want to go? Is, this, is the objective clear of what I need to do next? And if the answer to these questions is yes, then you have an efficient user experience. Things like buttons that would lead me to a place where I'm not expecting, and as you mentioned, surprises are not good for your efficiency. Complicated processes, again, are not good for efficiency. Limited or missing information that's crucial for the user is not good for the efficiency of your funnel. And there's a lot more things to be mentioned, but I would say the basics are these.
1: Would you say designing... For user experience is like pretty intuitive.
0: Yes, we could we could say so, but pretty intuitive for who? For the designer or for the user?
1: For the designer, like the way I imagine, as you design, you, you should view it as you are the user, right? So you should design for a way that would work that you would expect it to work. Or is that wrong?
0: Yes, that's a very that's a myth that a lot of designers and funnel specialists do not take into consideration designing as you were as if you were the user. That's in most cases wrong. And in most cases, you are not the user. So you should not be designing from intuition and from what you would like and from what you it would please you. So to give you an example, with this is very far from digital marketing, but let's say that you have a door and this door has a big handle on it. What, should, what would you do with this door? Are you going to push or you're going to pull?
1: Which direction is the handle?
0: It's towards you.
1: Is that horizontal or vertical? Or does it matter if it's horizontal? It doesn't
0: matter. It has a handle. What are you going to do with it? It, It's not like, it it, it doesn't have this thing. It's just like a big handle. What would you do?
1: A a big handle I'd pull.
0: You would pull? Exactly. Yes. You would pull. But if you notice a lot of doors have it exactly the opposite. So you have this big handle and you need to push. Instead, you would need to, like, if you had a good user experience in this case, you would only just do that with your hand and that would be it.
1: This reminds me of my Chipotle down on the corner. Every single time I open the wrong door in the wrong direction. and I, I can never remember because it's not clear. It's got these two twist handles. One door is locked and it's not clear which one. And in twist handles, I guess you go either way, but I'd expect to pull, but it's a push. And so I totally understand.
0: You see exactly that, the fault is not in you. The fault is never in the user. If there's a bad user experience, the problem is within the funnel, within the product, within the designer sometimes even, but it's never in the user. If you are always mixing this up, this means that this is bad user experience.
1: All right, so the customer is never wrong when it comes to user experience.
0: Yes, I would. I would this is something that I would agree with.
1: All right, so if I'm a advertiser or a brand owner, how do I go about designing from the customer side? Because clearly I would have designed for something that I liked, but that's not who the customer is.
0: Yes, so for a start, I would suggest to know who your customer is. This is probably the most crucial step towards designing for user experience, to know who exactly you are designing for, to know your audience, to know what age they are, where they're from, what they like, what they don't like, what are their biggest pain points, how you can solve these pain points, and just dive deep into who they are, what they want. And if you put yourself into the shoes of that user, you're going to slowly start understanding why some things could be frustrating for them in your user experience, but or why some things could be misleading or confusing or missing. So really getting into the head of your user is probably the first step.
1: How do you go about like design? Like, how do you know what to do for different users? Like, is a sixty-year-old woman versus a Gen Z TikToker? How do you know what to do for each of these?
0: Definitely. So, I can give you an example for some of these for the examples that you gave, like a sixty-year-old woman and a Gen Z TikToker. Let's give the example with the socks because this is something that could fit the majority of the audience, but still, you would see how some differences would make it. Better suited for the one audience and the others would be better suited for the other. So, if you were designing a funnel for socks for 60 year old grandmas, one of the first things that you would want to make sure of is to take into consideration that their eyesight is not as good as yours or as Gen Z. So, what this means is that you're probably going to need to make the font this big so they don't need glasses to use it. And this is especially important on mobile devices where the screen is even smaller and it's even more difficult to read. Another thing that you would do is use the right stock images or use the right models in order to for your audience to see themselves represented in your product. So what this means is that if you're designing for 60-year-old people, you would use 60-year-old people to present your product instead of 20-year-old girls or 20-year-old boys who would use six-year-old men and women. Another thing that you could do is take into consideration the color palette that you're going to be using. So something that is not so bright or not so harsh on the eyes could be better, like lighter colors with great contrast, like black and white, and things like that, like black for the text and white for the fonts would be better suited for this audience. On the other hand if you are designing for gen z some of these things you don't have to take into consideration like you don't have to make a super simple huge font you can even play with some of your branding you can have it more more interesting and more suited towards this audience again you're going to be using stock images to represent your specific target group so that when they land on your website or your store or your funnel they see okay this girl looks like me so Maybe I'm an analyst too. Or even the approach you take when advertising for these two different audiences. So for example, if you're advertising to 60-year-old people, I believe that at the moment, the majority of them are still on Facebook, using mainly Facebook and Meta products for their social media and where they spend the majority of their time to. Whereas Gen Z, would you would most probably go to TikTok, Instagram, or even use influencer campaigns or to promote your product. So you see, there's a lot of differences, but the objective for both cases is to generate conversions or increase your revenue and things like that.
1: So you've talked a lot about the design elements and the visual stuff. How about copy? How does copy fit within UXO?
0: Yes. So for the copywriting or the messaging that you use for different audiences, you have to try to make it as personalized as possible, which is very easy to do when you know who your audience is. So some examples of personalization with the messaging or the copywriting that provides a great user experience could be like Spotify or Netflix. When you land on your account on Netflix or I see, for example, Hello Maria, these are some recommendations made specifically for you we want to make you feel special. We want to make you feel understood. So all of these little things can be represented with a copy. And yeah, using personalization and catering towards a specific audience would lead towards a better user experience and better convergence, of course.
1: So you talk a lot about knowing your customer. How do you find out all these little things that motivate them, what their wants are, what their needs are?
0: You study them. You speak with them, you communicate with them, you ask for their feedback, which is something that a lot of businesses think that they're doing, but in most cases, they're not. So I've been in situations where someone tells me, okay, yeah, I know who my customer is. I know who I want to market to, but who you want to market to and who you want to sell to and who is actually purchasing for you from you sometimes are two very different things. So user experience allows you to... to know your customer by a lot of different techniques. There are so many out there that you can use. One of the easiest ones that you can utilize is simply asking people what do they like about your service or your product or what they don't like about your service. Let's say that you have a funnel for a software as a service company. So you have a software as a service business, and you have a funnel that contains a lead generation step. You have opt-in page to collect information by providing some sort of um, additional value for them. And then you lead them to your sales pitch or your sales page where you would actually promote them getting either a free trial or signing up for your service. So one thing that you can do to better understand your user in this case would be to take the people who have signed up for your opt-in form and see which are the ones who purchased and see which are the ones that haven't. So the ones that haven't, you would email them and say, can you please let me know why didn't you purchase? What didn't you like? Is there anything that we can do better to cater to your needs? And in exchange for this, you're going to get 10% discount from our service if you are willing to answer. So uh, for the other group that did purchase from you, you're going to ask the same question. Why did you purchase for us? What did you like about a process? Is there anything that we can do better? So you get the feedback from both ends. And by combining this, you can get a pretty clear idea of why people like what you do and why people don't. And you can see who are the people who like your product, who want to use it, who would be the perfect market for you.
1: Yeah, I think that's one of the biggest problems a lot of advertisers and brands deal with is they're afraid to talk to their customers or even their non-customers. I don't know if they're afraid of the answer, but really once you can get past that, that fear, it's really how you can improve and optimize your funnel and not just your funnel, your product, your customer support, like all of your business.
0: Absolutely agree. You just need to go ahead and talk with your customers and see what they think about you. Yeah. How
1: does... UXO fit within the broader conversion architecture scheme that you and your team are working on every single day?
0: Great question. We are the the after-the-click department. So everything that happens after a person clicks on the ads, this is taken care of by conversion architecture. Our goal is to improve the performance for our customers by, again, increasing their revenue, reducing ad costs, and everything revolved around it. UXO is... A mix. What we're doing in conversion architecture is a mix between conversion rate optimization and user experience optimization. So what we're trying to do is to serve the business needs, so have the objectives in mind that we need to increase conversions, we need to generate more revenue, or whatever the business objective is, and have the user in mind. So with this, we are also, while we're designing the funnel or we're building the messaging or everything, we are trying to get ourselves in the shoes of that user and find out what can we do better and how can we do that in order to improve that experience for them. So really, we're we're not taking different approaches towards CRO and UXO. The difference that we're doing is that we're taking them both. So we're trying to cater to the business needs and to the user needs, which is, I would say, probably the ideal path to success for businesses.
1: So offer analysis is part of conversion architecture. How does that fit within overall user experience optimization?
0: Yes. So having a user optimized offer is very important for the success of your business. What does a user optimized offer look like? So taking into consideration not only who your avatar is, but also the way you are presenting your offer, the type of messaging that you're using, the type of benefits that you're promoting, the amount of trust factors that you have in that offer or even the way that the copywriting is written, the sound, the tone, the voice of it could impact the user experience. If you are writing with the user in mind, If you are creating your offer with the user in mind, this could increase your sales, scale your business, help you scale your business, and increase your
1: revenue, of course. How do you define offer? I mean, I ask this question all the time within our Slack, and everybody's got a different definition of offer.
0: So an offer for me would be the product, the service, or the service, and the benefits and the problems that it solves for your user. So let's say that your offer is designed for a specific issue and that you can resolve this issue for your user.
1: And with that definition in mind, like that issue becomes like your ideal customer-specific and that becomes part of the overall user experience.
0: Definitely. Knowing what the main pain point of your user is and knowing how to solve that for them is the road to success.
1: Yeah, and then the key part is building the right offer for that user.
0: Absolutely.
1: Excellent. I'm really excited for the stuff that you're doing in conversion architecture. We actually hired you internally to build out the conversion architecture section of tier11.com. So anybody that wants to see it in action can go over to tier11.com and look at the conversion architecture section and see how much better of a user experience it is compared to the rest of our site until I hire her for the rest of it. Thank you very much, Maria. This is a very enlightening chat. I like going deep on these subjects and I'm sure we'll be talking more about this in the future.
0: Thank you, Judon. Thank you for having me.
1: Thanks for listening to the Customer Acquisition Show. Take the next step toward growing your customer base. Visit tier11.com and request your customized growth plan. And remember to hit the follow
0: button so you can be notified of future episodes.